0: We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case.
1: Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, It's uh, End Times Friday, uh, so we're excited to continue our our series. Um, uh, I think on Wednesday I shared that I was going to uh racetrack:
2: Yes uh, how was that uh, and that was uh,
1: that was amazing it's a um, uh interesting enough, the owner uh, is a uh believer of, oh, the, really? of the racetrack okay. yeah and it's a it's a uh, in this case it's a drag race setup, so there's two two uh, roads next to each other mm-hmm. um, and it's a, you go a quarter of a mile okay. from start to finish. Um, and then it starts to go uphill so that after you've gone past the finish line, you, you slow down you, you, down, you you <laughs> slow down and, and go up a hill uh, and then you got to turn around and come back. Um, so it's, it's just a straightaway, Right. Uh, and it's just, you get these signals, you know, get ready to go, go and you floor it. And that's it you just wow. you just floor it i with...
2: probably don't want to know but i do kind of want to know how fast did you go
1: so um it, these were <laughs> these were stock car rate, uh cars uh okay. dodge dodge chargers um and uh in a quarter of a mile uh went from zero uh to 100 miles an hour oh uh, wow uh, and a quarter of a mile. And, and, quite if we, if we went for, further, we, you know, would have got up to 120, 130, right. but, uh, that's, it's just a quarter of a mile. Um, yeah. and, uh, so, um, uh, we did that, you know, and it was just spectacular fun, you know, just do it, do it again and again and again, and come back and do it. And, uh, and I got to go fast. So uh,
2: you're like a little kid. When yeah. to do that. Yes, that's it.
1: Uh, and, uh, uh, it's fun uh, that, you know, you just go as fast as you possibly can. And there's a lot wow. of power, power in these. Um, so um, the guy who owned it brought out um, his uh, chart that says, I'm going to show you the records. Um, right. And there's different types of cars, stock cars. Uh, there's uh, what they call um, dragsters. Mm-hmm. And the dragsters are those ones that have that really long frame.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Uh, and um, uh, he said they only can go thousand feet because they got to okay. sl- they got to they got to slow down, so they don't go a quarter of a mile. They only go they only go about you know two tenths or uh, 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 because 20, it takes, them longer, 20% down, takes but, them longer to slow down. It takes them longer to slow down. So uh, he said the dragster uh, records in thousand feet is three hundred and fifty miles miles per hour. Wow. Um, and then wow. these other, these other souped up cars, uh, in a quarter of a mile, the records are, uh, 300 miles an hour, uh, you know, by the time, which I, which I, and I asked him, I said,
2: <laughs> can I, have one can, of those? I, can I, <laughs> uh,
1: could I drive one of those? You know, he said, uh, no, <laughs> uh, uh, you gotta be a super skilled driver mm. to be able to handle that, right. that speed. So you don't. You know, veer off course and stuff, and uh, uh, but I'd like to. And by the way, and this is really cool. Um, I said, "What's the minimum age that um, we can have somebody drive?" Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Well, if first of all, if you have a license, you can drive."
2: Really? Uh,
1: so no age if you have a license. He said, "If you if you're in driver's training and you're 14, 15 years old." you can drive if you have an adult in the car with you
2: oh my goodness so i'm surprised they let such young drivers yeah drive
1: yeah so i'm bringing uh, uh when their grandsons come back from uh, texas uh, for a trip uh, they have every wednesday
3: uh-huh. they, they
1: have open day anybody can come and drive uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna go and take them uh and uh teach them <laughs> let them drive they would love it because they love driving fast too and they love uh, uh, the uh, racing and that kind of stuff, which they they've, they've right. done a little bit in go karts and stuff, but uh, they do it. And we we, <laughs> we have when they were even younger. This is when they were, you know, maybe you know five, six, seven years old. Um, uh, because I like driving fast, there's a place at our at our house mm-hmm. where, as we turn, there's a very long straightaway, um, and it's a mm-hmm. pri- it's a private road. So, and you can see if there's a car coming or if there's anybody on the road. So, um, we would turn, the, we would turn, Linda would be on the right side and the kids would be in the back.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and I would turn and I'd say, Hey, Hey boys, do you want me to punch it? Um, and they'd say, yeah, punch it. You know, so I floor <laughs> it. Um, and it, this was probably a good, well over a half a mile. So by the, time, by the time I've got toward the end, I'm going 150 miles an hour.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Uh, and Linda is screaming, uh, you know, <laughs> stop, no, I, you know, she's afraid, you know, and she's screaming and the boys are having a good time. Uh, so whenever we got in the car together, um, when I made that turn, hey, boys, you want me to punch it? And they were always, yeah, you know. Cause they actually, what they enjoyed most was Linda screaming. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: Exactly. Oh, that's so funny. Uh,
2: well, I only, I have two points of reference for race car driving and that's it. One is the Ford versus Ferrari movie, oh, yeah, which yeah. actually was really good, but I can picture when, uh, when he took the one owner of the, of the company out and yeah. he put him in there for the first time, <laughs> that's what, that would be me if I got in one of them and then i don't know if you realize this or not but the new england dragway is about two and a half miles from my house
1: yes so
2: yeah so there's you'll we will see some souped up cars go through here heading over to the dragway have you ever gone over there goodness no (laughs) it's too loud for me (laughs) but I understand that, that it is something people love, you know, there's a lot of people who really do enjoy it.
1: And that Ford versus Ferrari movie, you know, they're showing, um, uh, what's called Le Mans, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a 24 hour, uh, race. Right. Uh, that, you know, you have three drivers. Uh, so when, uh, I actually, I got to, you know, and I actually was just sharing this uh, with somebody at the racetrack about desires of our heart that, um, You know god had helped me understand that uh you know what i really enjoyed was going fast i don't need to own a own a car a fast car just Mm -hmm. be able to drive it right so we had this privilege of going um over to uh italy uh because we i'm on the board of directors and our company actually bought a company near modena which is where ferrari is
2: oh wow so the
1: board the board set up a day of racing at ferrari racetrack
2: Oh, how fun.
1: Uh, So um, uh, we get to go. We go to the factory, and then there's – the racetrack is about 45 minutes away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, they were going to drive us from the Ferrari to the racetrack in a bus. There's Mm -hmm. about uh, 10 or 12 of us. So we're getting ready, uh, and I'm just standing around like everyone else. And a guy walks up to me and says, hey, would you – like to drive the Lamborghini because we need a car over there. Would you like to drive oh, a, Lam- a Lamborghini to the racetrack? <laughs> uh, I said, if I,
2: must. I said, well,
1: let, let me pray about it. Yes. <laughs> uh, he said, okay, come with me. And now the, everybody else had to ride in the bus. Uh-huh. So it was just God's favor to say, you oh, know, I'm, so I'm going to cool. give you this privilege. So we <laughs> get, we get in the Lamborghini uh, and we're driving and we're on a, we're on a road, we're on a, we're on a normal road with traffic. Um, And I'm putting along, you know, 50, 60 miles an hour behind cars. And the guy tells me, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm being safe. He said, you you don't need to be safe. You got a Ferrari, you got a Lamborghini, you know, get going. I said, well, (laughs) these cars are coming at me. He said, you can go way faster than that. Just get out there and get in, you know, and get going, you know. And so, okay, you know, so uh, I do... And it's just immediately just fast around. And Uh these cars are coming at me and I just go, go and pull over, pull over and I'm passing all all these cars. And it was, it was one heck of a time. Well, the driver, as I I, I said, Linda
2: wasn't in the car. She was was not in the car.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, I'm talking to the driver, you know, tell me about you. uh, You know, what, what is it that, you know, uh, what have you done? And he said, well, I'm a race car driver. Um, and I, uh, I'm hired by Ferrari to train people. But um, he said a few years ago, and he, uh, like two or three years ago, he said I won Le Mans,
2: Oh, you! That
3: kidding. race
1: of of the, Fer- of the Ford of oh, Ferrari. Oh, excellent. Uh, I said you guys won it. He said, Yeah. He said, I, I said, I tell me, what is the key to you guys winning that race? Uh, he said, Well, there's two. <laughs> there's two keys. Number one. Um, We have to have a car that makes it 24 hours, work 24 hours. Which
2: Uh, is amazing in and of itself. uh,
1: He said, so it's got to be, it's got to, it's got to be, you know, capable. And we have to have all these parts to be able to replace them immediately, uh, knowing that they're going to, you know, some of them are going to break and they got to be replaced. And so we got, we got to have a great crew. He said, but then the second thing is we take turns driving. Mm Mm-hmm for 24 hours. He says, we have to have practiced when it's, when I'm off and I end my, my, uh, hours. And we go usually anywhere from two to four hours at a time, I got to go to sleep. Mm. I have to buy the practice, uh, because you can't stay up otherwise, right. otherwise you get too weary. And by the end of it, you're not capable uh, right. So he said, I got everybody. And sure
2: the adrenaline, it's pretty hard to go to sleep yeah, after yeah. you drive. So light. we got to yeah. practice.
1: Okay. I'm done. I got to go sleep. Mm-hmm. Get woken up. Okay. I drive again. I'm done. got to go sleep. And, uh, he said that, you know, we, who are really good at that, uh, at the end, we're why we're, we're really alert and we can do the things we need to do with the curves and all that, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, it was fun, wow. you know, to do it. So he takes me to the racetrack. Uh, and then says, okay, let me show you how to run the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets in the car, you know, and he's driving it and accelerating. And uh, he said, you know, you don't stop around curves, you actually accelerate around curves and do all the stuff. And okay, you know, so all right, he said, get in, let's go. Uh-huh. Uh, and so then I, I learned. And uh, uh, that day, uh, all of us, you know, were measured by time. Um, and I, I had the fastest time.
2: Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, of well go, done. Of going well around, done. Of going
1: around the racetrack, <laughs> and and the funniest thing was, uh, they have uh, a long straightaway, um, mm-hmm. and at the end of the straightaway is a sharp right turn. Right. Um, so as I'm practicing, you know, and I'm going up to you know 160, 180 miles an hour. Um, and as you're, as you're seeing, it's a wall, you see a wall mm-hmm. and I start braking. you know, he said, what are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I said, well, <laughs> I don't want to hit that wall. He says, he says, no, you gotta, you gotta trust the car. Uh, he said, you go and I'll tell, I'm going to tell you when to just don't hit the brake.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to ask you when you hit this moment, decelerate. And then, and then, and then, as you go to that curve, actually increase your speed again. And I don't wow. want you. I don't want you using your brake.
3: <laughs> I
1: said, so I'm, wow. I'm so I'm not going to hit that wall, right? You know, no. Uh, so, <laughs> so we go, and and you know, and I'm telling you. And is he in the car with you yeah, when you're doing the, this? Okay. Uh, and so, <laughs> um, you're going, you know, 180 miles an hour down a straightaway toward a wall. Mm-hmm. And you know, and your senses are, I need to brake, right? And he's telling you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then you hit this point, and you think for sure, I'm going to hit that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, okay, now decelerate. And and boom, you decelerate because uh, it's on paddles, so I can I can actually decelerate the car by my paddles. It's not just taking your foot off the brake or off the gas. Okay it's actually lowering the speed of the car.
2: Oh, wow, interesting, uh, okay.
1: So you do, and then it slows, and he said, okay, now hit it again, and you go around this curve, and it's like, wow, that's, that's something. <laughs> I, oh, didn't, that I didn't hit crazy. the wall, you know, and, that, and for me, I would have never gone that far. No. Uh, before I decelerated, because it was like, I'm gonna hit that, hit that wall, you know? And so it's really, it was really fun to have a professional
2: I bet who knows what they're
1: doing, teach it. You know, these these tricks and stuff and how they do it. And his talking about Le Mans. uh, So when I watched that movie, uh, which came out after I had done this, uh, it really it really was fun to watch it and to see, you know, uh, the magnitude of their racing at at Le Mans. Right. Know that that guy actually won it, you know. So that was right. Yeah,
2: I loved I loved that movie. It was a fun one. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, as we've talked about, uh, you know, the end times, um, we've been discussing, uh, the, uh, God says, watch the signs, uh, watch uh, for things. And um, and I've actually talked about this with many people uh, uh, after we've been podcasting about this, mm-hmm. where they really appreciated uh, the discussion of uh, the birth banks. Mm, uh, yeah. And... You know what's your view of that and what do you see on that and again uh what, as you uh pointed out uh birth pains first of all they alert us to it's coming right uh and then two is that it gets more intense and it accelerates in, in frequency mm-hmm. uh and so what i saw is that as you look at all the signs that we've been looking mm-hmm. at uh by the way just a few days ago a uh, massive earthquake in Acapulco, Mexico. Mm, uh, yeah. And uh, there was, you know, there was one, remember there was one in Haiti and there was one up in Alaska and the frequency of those things is accelerating. Right. Uh, which is one of the along signs. with
2: these crazy storms that are going on. And, 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 the, and the crazy you know.
1: storms, the cosmic disturbances. Um, and then um, as you look at um, the world and the, uh, the things that are happening with um, you know, uh, COVID and disease and uh, famine uh, and mm-hmm. wars and what, rumors of wars. They're, to me, we're seeing a, an acceleration of those uh, yes, so I that, agree. Um, uh, and the question that we always have is, is, just, is, is this just a period where we're mm-hmm. gonna go through uh, a, a deeper level of wickedness that's gonna be more difficult to live a godly life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is that just a season we're going through? Or in fact, is this uh, the, the intensity, is this really birth pangs? Because uh, right. when, when it, uh, and again, and all we can do is say, what's the truth? Well, the truth is, uh, Jesus said, you're gonna, you're gonna see signs.
3: Mm -hmm. It's
1: going to be birth pangs, which means it'll intensify and accelerate. Mm -hmm. And in reality, at some point, it actually will usher in the the tribulation.
2: Right. Right. For sure. I mean,
1: that's a for sure. Uh, So as we're experiencing that, uh, the question that we always would have is, Father, as we're seeing the intensity and the frequency increase of signs, That we can identify that because you spoke about them.
2: Right. That line up with what scripture says will occur. It's not it's not
1: really fuzzy. He didn't say, well, just watch signs, Mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna tell you what they are. He said these are the signs. Right. Okay, we know what they are. We talked about them. They're Mm accelerating, they're intensifying. That's all true. So that the question is, well, are we headed toward the the tribulation and therefore the Mm -hmm. end? Um, and all we can, all we can uh, say is that it's possible mm-hmm. uh, for sure because of what's happening. And, and now we're seeing certain things that could, uh, let's say, give us a uh, visual understanding
3: mm-hmm. of, well, this
1: is how it could work. You know, for example, uh, let's talk about the Mark of the Beast.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, the
1: Mark of the Beast... Uh, is uh, an identifier that I've, I've agreed to uh, and said yes to the new economic system. Right. And that allows me to function normally mm-hmm. in terms of going to stores, restaurants, events, uh, et cetera, because I, I have this mark. Um, right. Uh, now, John wrote it. And <laughs> Um, And he said, now remember, and again, we've got to keep remembering, John is seeing what happens. In reality, Mm -hmm. he sees what happens and he says, I see that. Now I've got to write back, write down what I see.
2: Right. Within the context of what he knows in terms of describing. So. So like,
1: you know, for example, because of where we are in our history, we know that he probably saw airplanes, right? How do you describe that in, in uh, you know uh, thirty AD or ninety AD? How do you how do you mm-hmm. how do you explain that? Um, and he he said it. I see things. I see everybody going back and forth, to and fro. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he said the mark of the beast is on your forehead and on your wrist.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so as I've I prayed about that and thought about that, uh, is that I believe he saw an electronic thing,
3: Mm -hmm. and
1: uh, most people now with their phones, cell phones, the way you open it is that you put it up to your face, um, and it's Mm -hmm. facial recognition, and that that allows only you to have that phone opened. Right. Uh, uh, And and so uh, and then, by the way, what do people wear on their wrist? Well, they wear Apple watches that have electronic. Signal mm-hmm. So what I think John saw is that well, in order to uh, see uh, a transaction, somebody put their wrist up, and they passed. Oh,
2: interesting. Yeah. Um,
1: and then um, what I believe he saw was because he said it must be in their forehead. Is I believe that either we went there was there you went to a device and it read your face, your forehead, mm-hmm. so to speak or it was a device that you know like your phone you put up to it i think he saw that so his conclusion well the mark of the beast is on the wrist or the forehead Um, Hmm. well that's interesting Uh, so it's an electronic device Uh, and the purpose of it is to control whether you participate in the new system and remember the beast is a one world government, uh, mm-hmm. it's not the antichrist. And people have, well, we'll get into the details of that, but people tend right. to confuse those two. Um, so when you, when you have the mark of the beast, it's the mark of the system uh, mm. that allows you to economically do it. Well, uh, and there's, there's a, something about that. When that happens, the world willingly adopts it.
2: Mm -hmm. So it's
1: not by force. Right. It's not by... They
2: welcome it, actually. It's not
1: by manipulation. There's a welcoming of that.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah,
1: sure, this is great. Um, So what that means is that when it's offered, it's Mm -hmm. a solution to a problem. Mm. What's the problem? The problem ultimately is an economic collapse that the world goes into a deep... Really, literally, deep depression, where uh, you know things just completely fall apart, and you can't you can't hardly function uh, because of the world economic collapse. And then out of that comes the One World Government that says, "Hey, we have a solution to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to forgive all your debt. Uh, we're going to uh, probably take away all your ownership of, of personal property, but." You can stay there, you don't have to pay rent, we're gonna pay you money, get you back to work. Um, you're gonna be able to, and all you gotta do is sign up and take the mark of the beast. Uh, hmm. uh, and it'll be electronic approval. Uh, well, two things, and, and my question, uh, and I've been noticing signs, and I'm asking the question, is, is this the sign of the end? Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, I said, I have a question. I said two, two things. Um, how does a world population readily welcome giving up their sovereignty to one world government?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, cause you, you know, you, you and I as Americans at the moment, that would not be an attractive proposition to us.
2: Right, right. Um, but something happens that makes it attractive to the right. to the majority of the world. Right. Yes. How
1: can how can how can the world? Remember, this is the entire world mm-hmm. readily uh, readily uh, uh, welcome that. Um, and then two is how does the mark of the beast work? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's got to be it's got to be an electronic process that uh, there's technology that either passes you or doesn't. Okay. Well, in the last year and a half. We saw both of those
3: mm-hmm. with
1: COVID. Um, and in a sense, we, we kind of functioned as a one world government because the health organizations worldwide mm-hmm. said everybody must go to quarantine. There were a few countries like Sweden uh, that actually said, I'm ah, not doing that. Uh, right. But fundamentally, uh, the world readily, I mean, literally, in, in what I call lightning speed.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they, they accepted that and say, yep, we're okay, we're quarantined, we'll go to mask, uh, we'll stop going to work, uh, the restaurant's got to shut down, you know, everybody mm-hmm. said, okay. And it was, it was like, huh, we just saw that happen.
2: Right. Uh, and it One wasn't. crisis that affected everyone yeah. brought um, it all together. And everybody yes. said, yeah,
1: it's okay. Now there's, you know, there became a resistance to it and there's, you know, right now, I think if they, if they came back today and said everybody has to quarantine and wear a mask everywhere, I think, there, I think there'd be a lot of revolting against that. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
1: uh, but we saw that. And then two is the vaccine passport
3: mm-hmm.
1: that a lot of people said, you know, uh, in order for you to stay employed, in order, for, in order for you to come to this restaurant, New York City put, put it in citywide. Unless you have a, a vaccine, you can't function in the city, well, that's a measure of what the mark of the beast will look like. Right. Uh, it'll be something similar Canada, to Canada, I
2: believe. Canada, and, um, Canada, October 4th or something, they're going to pretty much any um, discretionary activities whatsoever. If you're over 12 years old, you cannot participate in without a vaccine passport.
1: Right, All right. And, and uh, same thing for Australia, by the way. Uh, they've, yeah. got, they've gone to the extreme that, that we are going to uh, monitor you Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you, if you don't have a vaccine and you go away from your house or something, we're going to come and mm-hmm. take you away. Uh, so it's getting you know, fairly, fairly extreme. And, and again, I don't believe the vaccine is the mark of the beast, but I, I'm saying it's a indicator. Right. Of, oh, that's how that could work. Right. So that now, and
2: also some desensitization to the idea of us having to do things like this. Right.
1: Right. So that um, now that we've seen it, firsthand Uh, Mm -hmm. we don't actually have to imagine it anymore
3: Mm -hmm. oh hey you
1: just saw that Um, so you know my my understanding of that is huh um, I can now see (laughs) how that's possible right Uh, and since we can see it possible is that one of the birth pangs that is accelerating Mm -hmm. and moving us you know into that into that moment Um, and I keep being reminded and God keeps reminding me uh, my timing
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. is
1: not his timing uh, right. and he said so so don't over uh, emphasize that well it, you know, it's going to happen next week or next month but uh, uh, I do believe that uh, because of all these things that have happened and are mm-hmm. happening that the probability of being in this sequence headed toward the end is is real it's it's a real thing right Um, and that's why god says pay attention and and try to understand it so as we as we try to help you understand this everybody it's um all we can do is tell you what the truth of the word says Mm -hmm. we can we can look at the things of life and how that works to that um and then we keep asking god help us understand it and get clarity Mm -hmm. about uh your instruction at the beginning of revelation is You know, read, read the words, pay attention and be obedient to what I'm going to ask you to do Mm -hmm. as a result of all this. And so it's important Uh, So as we consider that, um, uh, let's go to this next section now. And this is, uh, what's called the opening of the seals. Um, and let me, let me set the stage, uh, for what this is, um, First of all, he says, who is worthy of opening the seals? And of course, Christ is the only one worthy. Uh, and uh, as he opens the seals, uh, he's opening the seal of the scroll. So again, I think I explained this last time a little bit. Um, you
2: did, yeah. Uh,
1: it's, it's, uh, we, we look at books.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So
1: we open a book and we just flip the pages. What they did is they had scrolls and they rolled them up. Um, and then they would open them so that the, uh, the what, when we first open up, in essence, let's say we're reading, like when Jesus was handed the book of Isaiah, the scroll mm-hmm. of Isaiah. Okay, so he uh, opened it. Uh, now he turned to Isaiah 61. So he takes the scroll, and the very first piece of the scroll would be chapter one. Mm-hmm. So he would, he unwound it to get to the place of chapter 61 and then read it and then said, today, this has been fulfilled in your, in your way. And then he rolled it back up so that when John opens up, when he says the scrolls are gonna be opened up um, and they're sealed uh, and the mm-hmm. seal is similar to uh, as we've seen uh, in uh, movies about Kings, particularly in England, is they, you know, they take a letter and they put this, uh, kind of this, uh, like uh, a wax seal, a, waxy a wax stamp, right? Yeah. It's a hot wax. They stamp it
2: mm-hmm. with
1: a, a symbol and then it hardens.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, the, the rule was that nobody could open up that seal unless you were authorized by the King. Right. Um, and so in, it's a similar thing here is that these seals, um, are, are, are waxed are basically wax seals and think of they, the book was written so God has written the book
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um, he starts at the end and starts rolling it up and then he stamps it mm-hmm. rolls it up some more and stamps it, rolls it up some more and stamps it all the way to the very end and then he stamps it
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so he says, "Okay, let's open it up." And so Christ opens it up for John to see and understand and read. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and and it's uh, there are seven seals. So he goes through a, a process of, "Okay, let me help you understand uh, that these uh, things are going to happen, and these seals primarily." Are happening prior to the tribulation, mm-hmm. so it's not it's not after the tribulation.
2: Oh, interesting! All six or all seven seals, occur all seven, all seven
1: seals uh, happen prior to the tribulation. Hmm. Okay, um, and then the tribulation starts. The mm-hmm. tribulation again is through a collapse, which actually are kind of described here. Um, the world, the one word government comes up with, mm-hmm. the, with the solution. Everybody embraces it except the remnant and Israel, by the way. Um, and uh, the world has a perception of great wealth building mm-hmm. during that first three and a half years. And they, they consider it to be terrific. Yeah, it, the solution right. is working, it's fantastic. Um, now for the remnant, And remember, the remnant are the ones that have the the truth and the wisdom of God. And have
2: not taken the mark of the beast also.
1: To say, don't do that. I'm Mm -hmm. going to get you through like I did Daniel in a different way. um, And I'm going to give you the wisdom and discernment to do that. And so let let me just stop there for a second, by the way. Um, This is why it's so critical that we have community Mm. together to uh, have confirmation is this the mark of the beast Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll know that we know that we know and it's not going to be fuzzy and it's not going to be i hope you guess right Uh, Mm -hmm. no god says if you have a heart to hear it i'm going to make it absolutely certain and you'll confirm that with other believers that this is the mark of the beast now there's a there's one in a way, simple way to kind of know. It's about the one world government. Mm. So uh, people say, well, maybe the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Well, not yet. Why? Well, because it's not one world government yet. Um, right. It's not ushering in my release of my sovereignty as mm-hmm. an American to the one world government. Because that's when the mark of the beast is given why well because you got the beast <laughs> right right um and it's the new system new system so it'll be i think it'll be fairly easy uh yes. but what we yes need... the
2: bible does say that some will be deceived even even some believers will be
1: deceived okay um think about that why would that be
2: um my my guess on it is that they're not abiding or listening and honestly they look at it from a logical fleshly standpoint of, well, God couldn't want me to do this because that would mean I'd go without food or that would mean, you know, I don't get to do X, Y, Z, whatever. And in that they're looking at things that are valued by the world and making the judgment rather than asking God for the wisdom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because I've concluded uh, a certain aspect of it is, isn't this a good idea Uh, Mm -hmm. and see, because people don't understand the truth of Scripture, one is they've, they've been told it's the mark of the Antichrist.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, when, the, when it first happens, the Antichrist isn't known. So they mm-hmm. would say, well, it's not the Antichrist. Um, That's right,
2: because he actually comes to power in the middle, right? At right. three and a half point? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Through that
1: first three and a half years, he's, he's a member of the beast.
2: Right. But
1: he's not identified rises to power and rises to power during that time. Okay. Um, so, uh, believers, Christians will actually say we have a problem, economic problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: This is a solution. They will say that's from God. Mm. Isn't that a good idea? Um, and again, I can tell you, you know, I can give you a couple simple examples. Um, uh, number one, Um, A lot of churches and a lot of believers have drifted into what's called universalism. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: universalism is that Christ isn't the only way to uh, ultimate salvation and being uh, in eternity with God. There's lots of different ways. Why? Well, because God is love. Uh, there's even there's even, and even they've
2: redefined love. They've redefined it. And and there's
1: even evangelicals that even are saying there's actually no no hell. There's actually no uh demonic uh everybody I just had a uh, uh I just saw a broadcast. This is uh, about two months ago, of a very well known uh uh television preacher, the evangelical, uh says he's spirit-led. And he comes on his, body, his broadcast and makes a statement. I've been I've been told by God that nobody stays in hell. Everybody winds up in heaven, mm. and hell is going to be emptied out.
3: Mm.
1: And it's like uh, that's not what Scripture says.
2: No,
3: uh,
1: even what Jesus himself said. So, well, why would he do that? I've redefined it because I think I think I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so that and if I were God I would if I was God I
1: would do that um, and uh, and so as a result of that uh, there will be deception and mm-hmm. uh, it'll be no this is of actually they're gonna say this is of God it's a good thing uh, and by the way along the way of the first three and a half years and we'll talk about this later is called the false prophet
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And by the way, what's a false prophet? A false prophet is one who claims to be speaking on God's Christian God's behalf,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: is completely deceptive and false. Uh, and so he portrays himself as, "Yeah, this is the this is of God," but mm-hmm. the truth is he's not because he's he's mm-hmm. a false prophet, uh, and that's a major player in the in the tribulation. Uh, so. There'll be a lot of believers so the import of all this is that uh it's really critical that we have a heart to follow god mm-hmm. know what the word has to say and then have a community around us yes. that we can confirm you know what i see this now i i confirm this that's the mark of the beast no no don't take it uh, right and we're going to say well, well, that's going to provide consequences for us and yeah. and, and says, yeah, even
2: in that and even in that that community just a reminder it's not everybody get together and share your opinion on this it's let's get together and say we're going to all seek god and ask him to give us wisdom and insight on this and then come back together and confirm that the holy spirit led us all to the same answer yeah so it's not, let's all just all get together and gab and decide if we think this might be it and then go make our own little group. And, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. these things happen, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. And this is where the, you know, as we understand the nature of God and the truth of God, we, already, we actually have an example already. Uh, and that's uh, Jeremiah and Babylonian, mm-hmm. uh, that God said, because you've gone your own way, um, Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar is going to come and take you and defeat you. Um, and I'm not going to save you uh, from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they say, nah, it ain't going to happen. No, it ain't going to happen. Uh, well, Nebuchadnezzar comes. Um, and again, there becomes, and this is, this is going to be the truth of the tribulation. This will be the truth of Christ's return. It's going to happen. Right. It'll, it'll actually, there'll actually be a day that the one world government is set up. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like it happened with with Babylonia and Nebuchadnezzar, so he surrounds the city, um, and he's going to take it over. And the rulers say to Jeremiah, "Could you ask God, what do we do now?"
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: and Jeremiah said, "Why bother? Because you never follow him anyway."
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No, no, no. We promise you, we'll follow him. Tell us what to do. Tell us what to do. So okay so he says you know he says god I know, I know that they haven't listened before but what do you have to say now and god says tell him this mm-hmm. everybody get out of the city and surrender willingly to nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. if you do and he, he defines it as the remnant he says it, you're the remnant okay um if you do He's going to carry you away. You're going to lose everything you got, but you'll have a new life and I'll give you the covenant in that new life. And you you won't be harmed. Just surrender willingly and get out of the city and surrender. If you stay and fight, all of you will be killed, including your wives and your kids. Hmm. I'm telling you, don't do it. So um, they said back to Jeremiah, we don't believe it. Uh, We're fighting. We're going to stay and fight. Uh, Well, there was a remnant that was in community that said, well, we know what they're saying. By the way, all the leaders were saying stay. The remnant remnant were really lay people.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and there we have the examples of who they were. Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were representative mm-hmm. of that because they were not professional leaders in the Jewish right. uh, uh, system. Uh, they, were, they were just lay people. So um, the lay people got together in community and said, we believe what God just said. We're going to leave the city, and we're going to basically go with our hands up.
3: Mm-hmm. We
1: surrender. And Nebuchadnezzar said, okay, come with me. I'm not going to kill you. Come with me. The rest of them that stayed all got killed. Uh, the men, the women, and the children mm-hmm. all got killed. Uh, okay, now people say, wait a second. I thought Israel was God's children. God said, yeah, they are. But all I can do is invite them to the truth. And if they choose not to, they're gonna have consequences to that, which they, right. which they did. He said, even my own children, because my mm-hmm. heart is for them to, to be saved, but they're choosing not to. Right. Uh, and so when we get to the, to the tribulation, we gotta be in that same spot of having community that said, okay, what, God, what are you saying to us? Well, one thing he's gonna say, and this is absolute, don't take the mark of the beast.
2: Right, um, yeah, there's zero question about that. Uh,
1: so we gotta have people around us that understand that. And mm-hmm. um, uh, how, do we, how do we together do that as he so tells us to prepare, get ready, uh, here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, but we know one thing is, is don't take the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit later uh, about something very interesting, and that is this, that uh, God's wrath comes. Mm -hmm. After the mid-trip, the Antichrist stands up and says, I'm God, everybody's got to worship me.
2: That's the abomination of desolation. The abomination of desolation. And what
1: that does is begin uh, the the seven uh, judgments of God against the world and the Antichrist okay. and Satan. Um, and it's three and a half years now of, and we'll get into this, really awful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's like uh, what happened to Pharaoh with Moses on steroids. Mm-hmm. So he had, he had 10 plagues that were problematic and ultimately killed all the firstborns. And these things are way worse than that uh, wow. that happened against the world. Uh, And so, and this is what it says, every person that took the mark of the beast Mm -hmm. is the recipient of that wrath. Mm. Well, we got to really get into the the, uh, understanding of that. And that is, well, does that mean if I'm a believer and I take the mark of the beast, aren't I protected? The way I read it, the answer is no, because it doesn't qualify it. Right. Well, you took the mark of the beast.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it may
1: mean, by the way, um, and again, this isn't clear or, or precise, it's possible that that if there is a rapture, you're not raptured because you mm-hmm. took the mark of the beast. Interesting. Um, and again, this the whole pre-trib rapture is, well, we'll mm-hmm. never have to face that choice because we'll be raptured.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: as I look at scripture and we process this is, Um, I wouldn't say that's absolute, so I'd be careful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, by the way, every believer says, I hope that's true. (laughs) Um, I would like to be raptured and not be here during all that stuff. Um, Uh, We
2: are wiser to prepare for any of the above, any of the pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Yeah, and
1: there's (laughs) lots of evidence to say, yeah, it it really may not be pre-trib.
3: Mm-hmm. And that
1: choices are going to have to be made, um, and that's why you know the remnant community is so critical. Uh, mm-hmm. You know to understand that. So um, as we as we look at that aspect of it, uh, these things are going to happen. Um, and and here's what here's how I try to portray it for people right now. Because the 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 question comes back, well, okay. If we're in the tribulation mm-hmm. or getting ahead toward the tribulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really important to be in the remnant. Uh, but what if we're not? Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't life just going to be normal? Yeah, uh, And I'm saying this. Okay, I said, let's assume it's not. How would you characterize the condition of the world today? Uh, and as they talk about it, they say, well, um, uh, it's a lot different than I'm used to. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I can't predict anything anymore. Right. Yep. Uh, the it's economic- like a hot mess. It's a hot mess. Uh, <laughs> it's the a ec- hot mess. The economic cycles um, are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, the, the debt of all the governments in the world are getting out of control and, and they can't be really managed. Um, an event in the world can trigger everybody being affected by it, and so I might have planned for a certain thing,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: now it's different because of that event. You know, so for, so for example, and I and I say to him, I said, yeah, I said, think if you were a commercial real estate developer building office buildings in December of two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. your forecast was full speed ahead. Right. Uh, As far as we're concerned, everything's going to be great. Well, what happens in February, March, and April is COVID. Everything shuts down. You can't even go Mm -hmm. to work. And uh, building an office building meant you're building an empty building.
2: Right. Major Uh, disruptor and not returning to anything normal since. Yeah, and not
1: because of anything you did. It was a global event. And by mm -hmm. the way, now that what's happened going forward, because everybody learned, hey, Zoom really works. Um, Mm -hmm. I can save all this time commuting. So now, and I've talked to a lot of businesses, uh, they have restructured their their new work life. And that is, well, we don't want everybody to come to work every day. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actually, they can do stuff at home work through zoom when we have meetings, which is important. And yeah, we still need to get together periodically. Um, Let's uh, have them come to the office for the meeting, but they don't need to be here five days a week and they don't need an office anymore. And so we're- A lot more
2: hybrid work, a lot of sharing of office space. We are restructuring
1: the way our space looks now. And we don't need a million square feet. We just need a hundred thousand square feet. Well, Mm -hmm. that's a permanent change.
2: Right. Okay, why did all that happen?
1: Because of an an event beyond your control. So I say, if you look at all that, wouldn't it be important, assuming we're not even in the end, but wouldn't it be important to be in a community that hears God's voice to know what to do, how to prepare, what to do next, uh, where Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. When this happens to me, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Um, I said, it doesn't really change the message right. and that is hey children i need you to come and follow me and you need and you need community around you to assist you because things are going to get tricky worse difficult mm-hmm. and beyond your control and you can kind of see that so uh, so the message that i say to people it doesn't really change much per se and as right. we play this out we'll know is this really the end or not even if it's not I still need to know what to do, and to believe mm-hmm. that you're going to provide me the covenant. You're going to bless me, to right. make me a blessing, um, and to give it away. So, uh, well, we've run out of time by talking about all this, <laughs> and uh, we'll get to the seals uh, for sure. Uh, but it's that been, a, and smart, I think, I think yeah. it's been a really important discussion to, oh yeah, really encourage people that um, look at what's happening, uh, realize the importance of being together. Mm-hmm. And learning what it means to hear God's voice, not out of presumption, I think, or have people tell me what I should do, uh, particularly out of of any political uh, persuasion, but rather just let's hear from God together and enjoy Mm -hmm. the walk, you know, with him. So uh, we'll continue if you have questions about it, you know, put it, uh, send us questions at afjministry.com or on the YouTube comments, we're happy happy to do it.
2: Yeah, on that note, I'm gonna add, if you don't mind, um, as you're talking about you know, getting that community, if you don't have that community already, start th- start building that now, yeah. don't wait. Um, and then in addition to that, not just any community, but community that is abiding and seeking God's will. And if you are struggling to cast that vision for your group, go to AFJ ministry.com. And as a small group, I cannot tell you how highly I recommend going through the, um, the first course, at least that is abiding in the vine. And that will teach you and teach others really how to abide and open their eyes to what that looks like, because this is a time you need to know how to hear God's voice. Yeah.
1: Amen to that. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, see you on Monday. Have a great weekend and uh, we'll look great. forward to picking, picking this up again. It'll be fun.
2: All right. Take care. Okay.